Hi, folks, and welcome back to another edition of the PandaPod. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit different this month. So for this episode, we are going to be paying tribute to Judy Human, or to who most of us know her as the mother of the disability rights movement. I'm super excited about today's episode because you guys are going to get to hear from a variety of people who worked closely with Judy in various points, people who were very close with Judy, and people who were able to work with her in multiple capacities. So you'll be hearing from David Hutt, our legal director here at NDRN, Diego Mariscal, a CEO of Together International. Next, we have Kalila Wiener, Judy's personal executive assistant, and Kylie Miller, uh, Judy's digital content creator for uh, the human perspective, among other digital content. And last but not least, Maria Town, the CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities. So without further ado, let's not waste any more time. Let's let's get right into these stories and interviews. David, can you talk a little bit about what it was like to work with Judy? So once, um, so after I left New York um, and came to to Washington to work with NDRN, which would have been about in about two thousand and six, two thousand seven. Um, I started working with Judy, who was at the time getting very involved in the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. So at the time, the United States had said, we're, we're really not going to have anything to do with this international treaty on disability rights. And Judy was very active at the time um, to try to get both the United States to first sign the treaty and then eventually for the, the Senate to ratify the treaty. And she had this both toughness and incredible warmth. Um, that she could combine. So the advocate, you know, I saw many times when she was working to organize the disability community, when she was uh, making a point to whether it's a government official or to a member of Congress. So she was definitely tough and had her points well out. But she also had this this warmth, and it wasn't um, it wasn't combative in the fact that she was, you know, I'm right, you're wrong. It was a way that she persuaded people that she was right that was so effective, and uh, it was very rare that I was not in a meeting with Judy that she wasn't trying to make some sort of connection with somebody. So she would hear a person with a disability having this idea and she would try to um, to try to connect them with someone else within the disability community or to the level of if she heard of someone who was having a difficulty, um, she would often call me up um, or some other folks at NDRN to say, hey, can you help me connect this person with the PNA in this state because they're having an issue. Um, this happened a couple of occasions. Often it would happen with someone who may be wanting, when she was working on international issues, wanted to um, help that person with, you know, get into the U.S. or they were in the U.S. and they were looking for services. Um, and she would look to see if the, the PNA could help them. Um, but it was just a very, as I, the more I, worked with her, the the more I sort of realized just how she can make that one-on-one -on -one connection with people. I used to joke in the first the first couple of years I worked with her, just how intimidated I was. I was nervous and tongue-tied talking to her because of her great um, work and her great history. But then as time go on, she, you know, she actually became a, a colleague and a friend the more we worked together. I will say this, David, it is very hard for me to picture you being intimidated. So that that is still something that I'm having trouble picturing. Uh, but all that to say, a lot of people have been sharing a lot of different stories about Judy and her character. And I know that you've been, you know, talking about 
um, a lot of the the work that that you were able to do with Judy. Do you have any favorite story kind of moments? We all know how spunky she was, or at least um, those who who knew her knew how spunky she was. And I mean, it only took you about five minutes to realize that she was very no nonsense. But like you were saying earlier, also had this way of you know talking to people that that would make her listen rather than be, you know, uh, condescending or what have you. But do you have any particular uh, stories that really stand out to you um, about working with Judy? Yes, Stephanie. So a couple of stories. So um, one, after working with her for a couple of years um, on, you know, various international issues in the Disability Rights Treaty, we were in a meeting, I don't know, maybe this is about five, six years ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that. And I, you know, sort of had some difficulties going with various things and I had, I had grown a beard and I was kind of upset with a few things and I, I was either going to reach out to her or she reached out to me, I can't remember, but she kind of looked at me and in, a, in such a nice way, she says, you don't look good. And I don't know if it was the beard she didn't like or if it was I looked drawn and tired, which is probably the case. And she said, hey, why don't we get together? Um, let's come over, you know, come over to talk. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, Judy's going to hand me over to her apartment. And she invited me over and, you know, we sat down and and talked about, you know, some issues that I was having and some ideas she had given Judy. She put me in contact with a couple of people and later that day emailed me and said, oh, you should talk to this person or that person, um, you know, quickly followed up. We then, you know, I went over there a few other times. Um, we had some mutual friends. We went out to dinner um, or to lunch with a few times. So it was just that that ability to really help somebody. Um, and I remember at the memorial service, a lot of people were laughing at the stories about how she always had her phone with her and she was always, um, you know, saying, oh, I got to take this or I'll be right back. And, and every time I was with Judy, you know, whether it was personally or through through um, a more professional reason, she was always, you know, that way. Oh, wait a minute, I got to take this. I'll be right back or let me just text this person. Um, so that's one of my, um, you know, I think, as a friend of hers, um, one of my my favorite stories is just that empathy to reach out and notice that, you know, I was struggling with a few things. Diego, thank you so much for joining us today. If you could start by sharing with us how you first met Judy, we'd love to hear that. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you for having me. I feel like it's such an honor to get to talk to Judy at length. Um, like you said, we did have a very special and unique relationship. So Judy and I met about eight years ago. So I feel like it's not that long ago at the UN Conference of State Parties in New York. I, I knew who she was. And so when I saw her, I uh, remember getting her card and immediately having to go to the bathroom to like calm myself because I was so excited that I got to meet uh, Judy Human, And from there, you know, we've developed this very unique friendship. And um, I don't know if you want me to go into the specifics of like how that developed, but we ended up, you know, for the past eight years, really quickly, um, we would talk uh, almost every day. She was my emergency contact. I mean, it was, it really, it, it was, she was like my second mom. And so it was such a privilege and a blessing to be able to have that relationship develop so quickly and organically. Thank you so much. Um, so obviously you had this strong personal connection. I, I was hoping you could share with us a little bit about what she was like as a person. 
So, you know, I can, I can get a little bit into like how, how we, how we develop that relationship. And that I think would yield some um, light into how she was as a person. So, you know, we met and she, and she was working at the state department at the time, extremely busy, but she immediately said, yeah, let's of course get together um, and talk about what you're working on. And being the extreme extrovert she was and how busy she was, it took a couple months to schedule the call. But once we got on the call, she was interested in what we were doing. But the thing that really hooked her was when I told her that I was, that I'm originally from Mexico because her husband is from Mexico. And so when I told her that she was like, oh my God, here, take down my cell phone. And, you know, we have to get together for um, dinner. And so I did. And I, again, it was one of those moments where I couldn't believe what was happening. And a few weeks later, I texted her about getting together and, um, and we went out for ice cream. And so I share this story to show that Judy was so much about getting to know people for who they really were, even though she was really a celebrity and, you know, often called the mother of the disability rights movement. She was so simple and humble. And even, you know, the last text I have, I have from her, I had gone on a trip to Cuba and her last text to me was, um, you know, I'm in the hospital or he's also in the hospital. Um, how is Cuba? Right. So if that doesn't tell you how much she cared about other people um, beyond herself. I mean, it was an incredible, incredible person that I, I that keeps inspiring me every day. I'm sure you had some fun and lighthearted moments together. Uh, do you have any specific memories that you would like to share? One of the last, in fact, I think the last in-person meetings that we had was at her house singing karaoke. We were singing ABBA songs. And there's a video of me um, singing with her karaoke. And that was the day before I went to Cuba. Could you tell us what song you were singing together? I just want everybody to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were singing. Um, I will definitely share with you. We were singing The Winner Takes It All, which, uh, which you know, seems quite fitting for the situation that we're all in right now. So, ladies, I was hoping you can tell us a little bit more about what Judy was like as a person. Uh, Kalila, let's start with you. I knew Judy in the last part of her life, quite literally. And my impression of her was that she had her way of doing things and her way of being like all figured out. And one thing that became abundantly clear and was very clear in life and like just became even more clear, like through the process of grieving her with her community is that she was very familiar. And she asked lots of people, lots of questions right away and maintained that getting to know people and connecting with them was one of her favorite ways to find joy in life. Um, so I think that's a really big part of who Judy was and what she was like. And I also think that something that shown through a lot was how eager she was to work. You know, 
like just be like I started this by saying that I knew her in her last part of life but that doesn't mean that she had or had any interest in slowing down at all which was very admirable and of course created lots and lots of work for Callie and I so we were never bored (laughs) that was one thing that I really admired about her and one thing that like came through like pretty clearly was her affinity for her work and for working in general. Amen to that. Kylie what can you tell us about how Judy was as a person? Yeah, I echo everything Kalila said. Something I keep saying to people is Judy was not interested in knowing people on a surface level. (laughs) She was only capable of wanting to know really everything about someone if she could. You know, at the top of every business call, she wanted to go around and not only know everybody's name, but know where they're from and if they had kids. And she would do this, you know, on business calls. She would do it at the grocery store. Really, she just had this intrinsic desire to know people well. Um, And I think that's why so many people feel so close to her in her passing, even people who haven't met her. And I guess otherwise, personally, I think Judy really loved joy and joyous things. She loved theater. She loved music playing. Mm -hmm. Um, And these are things that I think because of the intensity of her work sometimes aren't talked about enough, just how much she loved color. She was so joyous about um, the Mexican culture of her husband, Jorge, and she really was just a vibrant person all around. So as you're telling us uh, what Judy was like as a person and what your um, experiences were like with her. Something that was funny to me was when when Judy would choose to like have a celebratory drink. It was like pretty Mm -hmm. like far between. But one moment that sticks out to me is like another one of our trips where Kylie and I got to accompany her to um, New York for She received an honorary doctorate and also was their commencement speaker. And afterwards in the hotel bar, she was like, I am ordering a white Russian. And we were (laughs) like, "Okay, odd choice, but absolutely. And then she drank the whole thing and she was like, that was great. And I'm glad I did it. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, that's a good one. Another that comes to mind is I went to a show with Judy called... um, Hi, Are You Single? It's a play by Ryan Haddad, and he's a disabled actor, playwright, all things theater. And um, we went to go see the show at the Woolly Mammoth. And afterwards, it had been set up for Ryan and Judy to meet. They had a lot of mutual friends, and he was, like, thrilled. He personally invited her to come. And we met, and he said that the whole show, he was watching Judy because it's a kind of like monologue show. It's a one-person show, so there's a lot of audience interaction. And he said he was watching her, and he could not get... A read on her take on the show like he's like oh my god she hates it she hates it she hates it he thought that the whole time and the show's really raunchy it's about his experience as a disabled gay man and trying to find people you know to go on dates with and stuff and he was like I know it's not some people's comedy like it might not have been your thing and she's like look I'm no prude like <laughs> I loved it it was great you know so it was just a funny story. And I think I even echoed that. I'm like, yeah, no, Judy's 75, but she's not a prude. She's not afraid of this type of thing. And I thought that was a really funny interaction between the two of them. Uh, Thank you for joining us today, Maria. Can you tell us what Judy was like as a person? Judy was uh, an incredible friend and connector. She, she was really good at maintaining relationships, but she was all, if if I can say this, like even better at connecting people to one another. And, you know, if, if she knew that you were interested in voting, she would say, Oh, we'll have you 
hadn't talked with anybody at RevUp and she might connect you to AAPD's RevUp team, or if she knew you were autistic, she might just connect you with other autistic advocates or things like that. She asked a lot of questions and those questions could sometimes be very direct and straightforward. And for people who were unaccustomed to that, it could be a little off-putting, you know. But for Judy, asking the tough questions was actually one of her sort of primary ways of expressing interest and care and engaging in things that she thought were important. Judy really believed in the, or I should say, she insisted upon leadership by disabled people. You know, she she was always one of the first people to say kind of who's at the table, are they disabled, we, we need disabled people to be there. And I think Judy also really believed in the the power of cross-disability organizing. And that was something that, you know, she really started with Disabled in Action and with um, other groups like the, uh, I think I'm going to get the acronym wrong, but the Coalition of Disabled Citizens and then, the, you know, the work that she did with the 504 protests and WID and beyond. And it's one of the things that I think she really contributed a lot to the AAPD board in was her kind of perspective on why cross-disability organizing was important, how it was vital that we as a community really understood one another's experiences and worked to support each other. Judy was an extrovert. She loved the phone. She loved to get together over dinner, you know, and she, she also worked incredibly hard. I can't tell you how often we would work together at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night on key issues. Um, And she and I worked together in a few different ways. When she was at the Department of State, I was at the Department of Labor. But because of her work at the Department of Education, we did work together sometimes on issues facing young people with disabilities as they transition from school to work. We worked together on something called the Marrakesh Treaty, which affects Braille documents that are transported across international borders. And then, you know, as we became friends, we, we worked together on different presidential campaigns campaigns and then on all kinds of issues when I came to AAPD and she sort of uh, began to build her media empire. And I think for people who want to learn more about what Judy was like as a person, they should watch her podcasts, which is available on a variety of, of platforms. And you can see the way that she engages with people, the questions that she asks. She was an incredible, incredible person. And finally, I I was wondering if you had any, you know, positive or lighthearted stories about Judy you'd like to share. I do. One of my favorite Judy stories. So I have been married now for a little over a year. And my wife's name is Cheryl. And uh, Judy really loved Cheryl. And when I got engaged, you know, we were really excited, but not everyone in our family was as excited as we were. And prior to getting engaged, a few months before getting engaged, Judy called me and said, are you engaged? And it was so funny because 
was when she called me like only a few days before I'd actually decided to propose to my wife. And so it was this strange question. And I was like, Judy, no, I'm not engaged. Who have you been talking to? Why are you asking me this? And she said, I don't know. I just felt like you should be engaged. And so I told her that when I got engaged, I would call her and she wouldn't find out from somebody else. She wouldn't find out on social media. When I got engaged, I would be the one to tell her I would call her. So fast forward in February, when I actually did propose to Cheryl, I called Judy. And when she answered, I said, Judy, you know how I said I would call you when I was engaged? My gosh, show me the ring. Tell me everything. She was just so excited. And it was it was such it. I really cherish that because it was uh, just excitement that we really needed at that time and she was so loving wow she sounded like such an incredible person i i wish i had the chance to know her um thank you maria anything else before we close out so one of the things about judy is that she pushed people and in in a lot of different ways and you know she for example was always pushing me to be bolder in my advocacy and to really claim my own power. And I wasn't necessarily, again, like ready for all of this at the time, but she still did it. And on a kind of funnier, lighter note, Judy and I attended the wedding of another disability advocate, Ari Neitman, and Ari is Jewish. And Judy asked me to do the horror with her. Um, now I have cerebral palsy. My balance is terrible. Like doing the horror is something that will result in disaster and potentially bodily harm to me and others. And I was like, Judy, I, I don't know about this. Like, I, I don't think it's a good idea. And she was like, come on, just dance. You can hold on to the back of my chair. And so that's what we did. And I walked away unscathed um, and, and grateful to have done the horror with Judy human. It was so incredible to see all the lives that Judy touched. And, you know, it seemed there really was a running theme that, you know, she took a real interest in so many of the people she met and was dedicated to leaving the disability rights movement in a better place. Oh, my goodness. You're telling me. Yeah, she definitely... You can just tell from all of the stories that have been told today that she served as a friend and a mentor and a colleague, and she wasn't afraid to tell you how it was, and she never seemed to met a stranger. You know, she she wanted to help every single one of us in, in this community become better advocates in whatever way she possibly could, and and that is, that is so evident in the stories told today, and yeah, I think we can see why she is considered the mother of the disability rights movement. Like she more than earned that title. 100%. And if you want to learn more about Judy's legacy, there's a couple of articles we'll link to in the show notes. We'll also, you can check out Crip Camp on Netflix, of course. Yes, 10 slash 10, recommend. Watch it. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Panda Pod. As always, you can follow us on social media at NDRN Advocates on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also follow us on LinkedIn at the National Disability Rights Network. And finally, you can join us in Phoenix, Arizona. 
June 5th through the 8th for the 2023 National Disability Rights In-Person Conference. We'll have a wide variety of sessions ranging from legal issues to public policy. You can even join me for the A to Z's of content creation. You can find more information about the annual conference at our website, www.ndrn.org. Oh, and BT Dubs, all the cool kids are going to be at the public policy session. So yeah, go ahead and sign up now. <laughs> Until next time, everybody. See ya.